This is AM Rush. I'm your host, Alex Mitchell. Let's talk about some headlines for Friday, April 17th. A gruesome murder in Brooklyn raises a lot of questions and and some pretty disturbing stuff that happened afterwards. And the city is going to be using 11,000 more hotel rooms to start quarantining New Yorkers. And we're also talking today with the AM New York Metro breaking news editor who had and beat coronavirus. That's coming up. And some news to look forward to. We might get sports back by June. At least one of them. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. This is AM Rush. We're jumping into that grisly murder story coming out of Brooklyn. Now, on Wednesday morning, a 26-year-old is alleged to have stabbed his father to death in their Brooklyn home in Diker Heights. This is where it gets really disturbing. Police sources say he might have partially eaten him. Now, one high-ranking police official told AM New York that it is one of the worst crimes that he's ever seen. The man was missing body parts, and the suspect, Khaled Ahmad, had allegedly went into a Diker Heights bagel shop sometime early on April 15th, around 4.20 in the morning, and he told cops that he had killed and eaten his father. That came from another law enforcement source, So uh, that sparked a wellness check at the victim's house, which was 1362 84th Street near 14th Avenue, which is where, upon arrival, police found 57-year-old Imad Ahmad. He was unconscious, unresponsive, with multiple stab wounds to his body. This, This is gruesome. It was also mutilated, according to some police sources. Now, that 26-year-old was unemployed and had been sheltering in place at his home during everything with coronavirus. And one police source said that Ahmad had a history of emotional disturbance. Now, Mayor Bill de Blasio yesterday said that we are far from out of the woods as far as New York goes battling coronavirus. Thousands of more hotel rooms are being prepared as quarantine spaces for some of the city's most vulnerable communities in an effort to slow the virus. Now, priority on this will be given to healthcare workers at any of the city's 56 hospitals, the homeless and sick New Yorkers living in multi-generational homes in lower-income city will also be given priority. Now, this change in approach comes five days after the mayor announced that his administration would move six thousand New Yorkers facing homelessness to hotel rooms and weeks after homeless advocacy groups like Vocal New York, Picture the Homeless, and Neighbors Together had called on de Blasio to immediately place 30,000 homeless individuals into one of the city's over 100,000 vacant hotel rooms. Now officials will begin moving these New Yorkers into the rooms next Wednesday, April 22nd. And Governor Cuomo acknowledged that statistics are improving with coronavirus in New York State, but he's still going to keep New York on pause until May 15th at the minimum. Now, even though death counts on coronavirus have improved in New York, Cuomo says that the extension of his pause action will be done in coordination with 
seven other northeastern states who have struck a pact together. Even the United Kingdom has extended its lockdown measures for an additional three weeks. Now, that was announced yesterday. And something to finally, finally, finally look forward to. The PGA Tour announced it would begin playing on June 8th with the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club, and that's in Fort Worth, Texas. It is one of the first 14 tournaments on the tour tentatively scheduled between the second Monday in June all the way to September 7th. And the U.S. Open, which was planned to be played at Winged Foot Golf Club just north of the Bronx in Mamaroneck, Westchester, that was pushed back from mid-June to September 14th to the 20th. No news on if fans are going to be allowed yet. Now going to a different U.S. Open, the U.S. Open for tennis is still a go for August 24th this summer, which is phenomenal news given that the Billie Jean King Center right now is being used as a field hospital. The USTA CEO, Mike Dowsey, told media on a conference call Thursday morning that, quote, time is on our side at this point. Now, a final decision has not been made, but they are expecting, if things continue the way that they're going, that they will be able to have the U.S. Open in Queens this August. And an official announcement is supposed to come on that in June. Now, sports editor Joe Pantorno and I took a lot of time to go over not just what's going on in golf, tennis, but also a bunch of what-ifs on how baseball could possibly come back. So what we did was we created an entire separate podcast just to talk about sports and everything that went on today. There's going to be a link to that here. So give it a listen. It's really awesome. Joe is a class act for coming on. We came up with some pretty unique and pretty feasible ways that Major League Baseball could be played this season. So give that, so check that out, especially if you want baseball back as much as we do. Now we're going to do something special today on AM Rush. We're talking to AM New York Metro's breaking news editor, Todd Maisel, who actually had and fought off coronavirus. And he took it like a champ. And we're going to go to Todd now. Todd is on the phone with me. Let's get this started. All right. Yeah, getting coronavirus. You know, I'm all over the place. I'm everywhere. In the city, in every borough, we cover the whole city. And part of what I do is getting close to people. Or at least it was. I can't really do that anymore. Um, But, yeah, I was working all over the city. And in some cases, in crowds. At the end of a busy week, I started getting the sniffles and the cough. And then that Friday night, which was March 13th, I started feeling kind of weird. I couldn't sleep. And I started getting um, hot and cold flashes. Um, Temperature of my body just seemed to go up and down. I was cold. I was hot. I was cold. I was hot. I didn't sleep at all that night, right into the 14th. Um, That morning, I woke up with an incredibly bad headache. I don't know what was going on with me. I just stayed in bed for a little while, took an aspirin, a couple of Motrin. And and then about noon, got out of bed, 1 o'clock, 
went out and started chopping wood. <laughs> yeah, I started chopping wood. I just started getting busy. I, I just, that's the way I am. It didn't make me weak. I didn't lose my sense of taste. But I had this up and down fever. Uh, and my nose was running. But I, I thought that might be allergy related because I get that. Next day, I'm feeling the same way, a little up and down, fever, the headache went away. Um, that Sunday night, fever spiked at about 100.8 was the highest I had seen. Um, the next day, I called, the 16th, I called the health department, and I told them that uh, I should get tested. Um, it, it just seemed like a good idea. Because I had been around public officials and, and so many crowds and so many people, I thought it was wise that we know. So, Staten Island, uh, the drive-through, I, I went to the, the drive-through when it opened up. They gave me an appointment, the health department. I said, okay, I'll do it. Went to the, uh, the drive-through. Got myself checked. They did a swab of my nose. And then Monday, 20th of, uh, of March, they called me. Said I had COVID-19. Todd, before you continue, a uh, couple of things I want to go over. First of all, for the people that are hearing the, uh, the bumps and everything in the background, you're driving right now. Where are you off to? I'm going to Coney Island Hospital. Uh, the mayor is going to be there giving out... Uh, meals to the um, healthcare workers at seven o'clock. I, I seems like I've been on the run kind of constantly um, since since uh, this whole thing started. I don't think I've taken. A, I really haven't taken many breaks from this. It's, it, you know, we're at war. We're really at war. So we're part of it. The journalists are part of this. You know, I, after I got tested and I got the, uh, the results, I had to quarantine for 14 days. That's what they recommended. So I stayed in. Just me and my goldfish. My family was away. They stayed away. There's no sense getting everybody infected with COVID-19. And uh, I was home by myself for, for two weeks. And that, I think that's the toughest part. It's being by yourself, cabin fever. Uh, I'm not one to stay home. Never was. Um, and then on April 6th, I was out. I went right to work. You went to work on April 6th, right after you were done quarantining. Oh, yeah. And how were you feeling then? I hadn't had any fever or any symptoms. Nothing since March 15th. So how long did it take the virus to run its course in your system? And do you remember specifically what your worst day was? Uh, it was that first day. The, the up and down fever, the inability to sleep, the, the discomfort. I, I'm, I'm a fighter. I, I, I fight everything. So I didn't know that I had COVID-19. I didn't know I had coronavirus, but I certainly started to suspect it by 
the next day. But uh, I, I'm not I'm not the kind of person that sits back and rests. I, I get up and I do things. And, and and maybe it wasn't wise. Maybe it was wise. Maybe it caused me to get rid of it. I don't know. You know, there's a whole lot of questions we don't know about COVID-19. What makes it tick, what it doesn't like, what it likes. I had a beer that day. I don't know. I don't know what uh, what it doesn't like. So for other people that have tested positive for COVID-19, what's your advice to them in going through it? I think everybody's got to be an individual on uh, COVID-19. Uh, there, there are some people that I know that have had really bad symptoms. Uh, I had a friend, colleague uh, from the New York Post. Um, his name is um, Anthony Causey. Um, two young children and a wife. They live out in Long Island. He's from Brooklyn, but uh, he, he's uh, moved out to Long Island with his family. He had some underlying issues that that made COVID nineteen so much more dangerous, and, and eventually killed him. Killed him last Sunday. Um, very sad, terribly sad. Um, we started a GoFundMe page for him. Yeah. $172,000 we raised for Anthony Causey. Um, uh, thanks, uh, thanks in great part uh, to, to all the publicity that uh, we were able to give it. Uh, the Post, uh, for sure, right out front, did an incredible job for him. Uh, colleagues stepped up. People stepped up. The people he was photographing stepped up. I'm so proud to, to be in this profession with so many great people. I'm so proud and, and happy about how the people who were his subjects also stepped up and, and showed real character. Going back to your case and what's going on there, and of course our hearts are with Anthony and his family, and as you said, as journalists, we're at war right now, and it seems like we lost a, a really good fighter there. How did it feel to be able to just go back to work? Oh, just walking out the door felt great. I had people delivering food to me, uh, and, and, and anything that uh, I needed was brought to my door. Um, that was an amazing thing. I had family helping me out and friends and neighbors. Um, but, you know, again, I, I didn't, I wasn't really sick except for those two days, which I, I'm just incredibly lucky, just incredibly lucky that, that, that I had very light symptoms compared to some people. And, you know, I'm, I'm, they say 80% of the people who get COVID-19 don't really get very bad symptoms. And I was light. And so now, tomorrow, I'm heading for um, Grand Central Station, where uh, the New York Blood Center has set up um, a uh, donation area, and I'm given plasma. And I'm hoping my supercharged antibodies will go into somebody else and kick some COVID butt. 
So how important do you find it, um, not just for yourself, but for others that have fought off coronavirus to donate plasma to help others out with this? I don't know. I mean, they say it could help. I don't know. I you know the the whole plasma thing is very early on, and uh, and a lot of experimental. And, and I'm hearing that it's helped people already. So if that's the case, bless. I'm going to do anything and everything to to try to save somebody, if not suffering from death. I mean, goddamn, that, that that's that's amazing. That that. That I can do something like that, I I really feel good about that, and so yeah, we're gonna find out tomorrow what that's all about, and I'm gonna write about it in AM New York. Um, I have a story coming out in the morning about me heading for the plasma donation, and uh, later in the day, I'll have uh, I'll tell everybody what it was about and what we did and what I what I went through to give that plasma. Doesn't sound like that difficult a thing. It takes about 90 minutes, they say. And, hey, I got the time. Well, Todd, before we let you go, and once again, thank you for coming on AM Rush. You know, what are kind of your final thoughts on the experience you've had and what you've seen other people have to go through? You know, the difference between myself and so many others, I don't know what it is. You know, I have asthma from 9-11 but I never had the breathing problems I never had any of the serious symptoms that some people are experiencing and nobody really knows why that is nobody knows and I suppose if they take my plasma and they put it in somebody else and it kills off the virus well then we're going to know that that there's something physiological in my bloodstream that's going to be helpful. And if that's the case, that, that that's a real incredible answer to what's been going on. And maybe we'll get to a point where COVID is not a killer. And that would be great. And Todd, what, what do you miss the most about kind of pre-COVID-19 life? Like, what do you miss most about your day-to-day routine? I miss going to restaurants. I miss seeing my family. My family is still in Massachusetts, 150 miles of social distancing. I miss my family. I, I, I miss seeing my colleagues in the field and giving them a hug. Uh, I'm a very social and warm kind of guy. I like to get close to people. I've always been very close to people. Uh, I find myself using long lenses now rather than short lenses. I, I was always a wide angle kind of guy. Got in real tight. You can I get so close I can feel someone breathe. Can't do it. Can't do it anymore. And uh, it's very sad. Well, Todd, you fought it off. You fought it off like a champion and we can only hope that what you're doing when you donate your plasma will help others do the same thing. And once again, I want to thank you not just for coming on the show, but for fighting on the front lines of this battle, not just for AM New York Metro, but 
for journalists everywhere. It's been a real pleasure. And as we've talked about for a while now, I can't wait to go out to a restaurant and get a beer with you when all of this finally subsides. We will do that. I cannot wait. Okay, man. All right, Todd, best of luck to you. All right, thank you, man. Absolutely. Talk soon. All right. And that's our show. That was...